Between the Lines with Virtual Academy. We all have a story to tell. Hey guys, Chris Carden here. This is the Between the Lines podcast where we go beyond the badge to allow members of the law enforcement and the public safety community to share their stories, talk about the cases that have impacted their lives, made them who they are. And we're here today in Talladega, Alabama, Talladega County. We have a couple special guests. And before I get to them, I do want to give a little love to our executive producer and sound engineer, the Video Ninja. Ladies and gentlemen, please, round of applause for Mr. Aaron Bevel. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. How, how you feeling this morning, guy? Doing good. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be playing the civilian on the podcast today. All right. I, yeah. I will be the least knowledgeable. Feel free to jump in, uh, but just make sure you're right. Yeah. Or you're out of here, buddy. Yeah. I edit, so everything's fine. Everything's Great. fine. Also joining us today. One of the law enforcement legends of Talladega County, Sheriff Jimmy Kilgore. Sheriff, how are you this morning? Doing great, Chris. Great to be here. Oh, man. Thanks for joining us. I know you're a busy guy. Busy time of year for you, too. Oh, it is. Also, at the end of the table, the right-hand man, Deputy Dog himself, one of my closest buddies, Chief Deputy Josh Tubbs. Hey, Josh. Hey, Chris. How you doing, bud? Doing well. Yeah. You uh, you seem like you're a little nervous. You good? Just a little bit. A little <laughs> nervous in the service. We yeah. should have had you at some walk-in music. What would your What would your walk-in song be? <laughs> the Guns and Roses guy? Yeah. Or, yeah? Uh, not I shot the sheriff. Yeah. That would, <laughs> no, that would not, that would go in the uh, complete opposite direction. So yeah, we're here this morning just having a conversation with you guys, talking, catching up with you. I know it's been a while since I've been in Talladega County, and. Uh, and then lots have gone on. So, Sheriff, tell me about your uh, tell me about your family. What's going on with you? Everybody's good. Tony is in. My wife is becoming Optavia healthcare coach, and uh, she has practiced her skills, so to speak, on me. Uh, <laughs> and I've joined this plan and lost seventy two pounds. Oh my God! Seventy two uh, since December, and I really needed to shed those. Uh, but it's it's really it's really helped me feel better. I don't know if I look any better, but I certainly feel better. You know, got off some medications and things that I was taking, and so really really grateful to her for that. You know, we have a daughter who has uh, got a family of her own now. Got three little tiny tornadoes running around, and and they keep us busy and. Mom and dad work. Grandpa and grandma have to take up the slack for them sometimes. And and that really keeps you busy along with the job itself and all that entails. And now we get the joy of campaigning to try to keep these jobs. So it's a busy time for the Kilgore family. I can remember the first time that I saw some of your family and some campaign workers. I was at the end of my driveway blowing off the driveway. Here comes a pickup truck with a bunch of people sitting on the tailgate and signs just stacked up, and they came up there, and they recognized me, and we had a conversation. But So when you're a sheriff in a small Alabama town or small Alabama county, uh, your your campaign committee is your family. That's right. And I'm sure, Chris, you thought the Clampets had come to Silicaga. <laughs> <but> we uh, <laughs> we had, to, had to make our rounds, and yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing it again. You know, yeah. trying to get four more years. I saw uh, a local interview uh, with Jimmy Dale you did, and I think you said this was your third term. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard for, that's hard for me to believe. Time flies. Oh, it does. It does. Well, Josh, tell me about your family. Well, uh, you know, I'm married to uh, my wife, Jennifer. We've been married 17 years. 
And uh, we have one son, and he just turned 16 in February, which has my, my nerve shot. I know you've been through it. <laughs> I'm sure if you've been through that as well. I feel like I kind of lost my best friend. He's, uh, he, he's abandoned me now, so <laughs> running the roads. I don't know. It's a scary time. So being the chief deputy, that's got to be a, you know, a job that doesn't have any stress or any kind of related. <laughs> no, you know, no. It's, uh, I'm it's, sure you keep normal hours, and you're home every evening at 5, and phone never rings never rings so uh how long have you been the chief deputy since january of 2018 is when i was sworn in really and and how is it it's challenging uh but i enjoy it and uh, i'm not saying that because we're i'm sitting next to him but say what my wife says my wife tells me all the time said most everybody i know hates their boss except you (laughs) and uh, and i said well that's that's the reason i i enjoy getting up going to work every day yeah you know and i work with a lot of good people we're a lot, we're we're a mid-sized department, a larger you know department. But what's uh, great about it to me is I don't just know our deputies and our, you know our folks. I know most of their families, you know, and that's uh, and, and and the sheriff. You know, we we know their kids, their wives. You know, uh, what's going on with them, and that's uh, oh, that's important to me, and, yeah. and I like that. Yeah, and whether or not they ever tell you. It matters to them too, and they right. appreciate it. And I, and I know uh, we've been friends a long time, and I, I've heard you speak about the sheriff, and I, I know that admiration and uh, affection you feel for him is genuine, and and I'm sure he appreciates it too. I mean, having a chief deputy, that's a pretty important pick. Absolutely, it is, and and the respect and admiration certainly goes both ways. You know, when vacancies in those positions like that occur, you know, it, it's tough decision sometimes josh wasn't a tough decision he was a natural choice and uh he's not because he's sitting here with us he's done a fantastic job in his role it really takes a lot off of me they say it rolls downhill and uh i roll quite a bit his way and he handles it well he meets the public well it's it's just been really great for our team the job he's done and, and not just Josh we've we've been able to assemble a great team here the people here that work here really have a servant's heart and I think that's important as the law enforcement agency and Chris you being a chief for so long you understand this that to be successful you've got to have the support of the community and we've been very fortunate to have the kind of support we have and I think a lot of that's attributed to the people that work on our team. And, and it's something that, that I'm very proud of and, and, you know, want to strive to continue. Very well said, Sheriff. Josh, uh, the, the way you function as the chief deputy, so you're basically uh, you're the day-to-day guy. You're the face of the sheriff's department in a lot of cases. When the sheriff's, you know, doing sheriff duties, you're acting as the sheriff. How much of Jimmy Kilgore being the chief deputy did you take and you put in place into the, your day-to-day? A whole lot. I think uh, I was thinking the other day, I said, you know, I have spent, uh, I've been here 21 years. I, I'm about to be 42. I have spent half my life here. And I, I remember interviewing with him when I was just turned 21 years old. I was, uh, I was dumb, you know, 21. I didn't know anything. You know, never really had any interaction with law enforcement. Always admired law enforcement and was interested in it. And uh, I don't know, I, you know, I've just watched him, the things he's done, how he's handled himself and how he's, do, you know, treated people and just kind of learned from that. 
you know, and every every call, you know, that he gets, he gets a lot of phone calls, and you know, it's problems that oh, you, I'm sure that you know you think, God, why why are they calling the sheriff? Yeah, uh, for this, but small, even the most you know trivial small thing that you wouldn't think would be a a priority for him, he takes that, and and that's a their problem is his problem. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and tries to help them. That's that's impressive. Well, you know, the law enforcement that you uh that you have around you that's that's your default go-to when you don't know who to go to you know i can remember getting a call uh about cable being out and just can't get the cable company to to fix it you know that kind of stuff so it's never ending i want to ask you real quick sheriff who were your influences who helped you become you know sheriff jimmy kilgore obviously sheriff stuttered who we all love and respected so much. He did, and, and and Jerry had a tremendous impact on me. He he was he was almost like a second father, I guess, so to speak. When he hired me, he kind of took me under his wing, and you know, I, I thought I knew a lot about law enforcement and policing, but he kind of taught me a lot about being the people's law enforcement. There, there's some basic fundamental differences in a sheriff's office and a police department. And when you're the sheriff, you're kind of the people's law enforcement guy. He taught me a lot of the aspects of that. Really has helped me throughout my career, not just as sheriff, but, but in my law enforcement career as a whole. As a person, you know, I, I like to be a, a regular guy in the community too, you know, and, and he, he kind of helped show me that a lot of caring and compassion that they put out in the community. I heard it said one time, and I think it was his stepson, who's now the presiding circuit judge, Chad Woodruff, said, you know, Jerry may not know who the starting quarterback is at Alabama or Auburn, but he can tell you every player in position at Winterboro High School. And that's the kind of community guy he was. And he instilled a lot of that in me. I, I said that I could never be Jerry Stuttered, but, you know, I learned a lot from him, and I'm going to try to apply it. Well, obviously you've been doing something right. Three terms later, <laughs> here we are. What about you, Josh, present company excluded sheriff? You know, I uh, I remember when the sheriff got swore in, he said something, and it was something that I, I think he had said he had – uh, learn from Jerry Stuttered. He said, we're going to take care of the good guys and lock up the bad guys. And I don't, I'll never forget that. You know, that was just a real good... I mean, that's right out of the sheriff playbook <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of good guys. You know, of course, my, my entire career has been here. And um, I started out, you know, on, on patrol, you know, went through the academy. I, I think I went to investigations in 03. And I was... Um, partner with Sergeant Kenny Archer, and I know you've known Kenny oh, yeah. about your whole life, but uh, Kenny was an investigator on the south end at that time, and uh, wow, what a great supervisor. I mean, he's, his whole, I was his only, I was the only person he got supervised, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was his mission in life to make sure that he ha- I was taken care of. You know, Kenny still works here today, you know, as a really? school, yeah, he's a school resource officer, um, for us now he's uh he takes care of the bb comer campus that's that's another thing the sheriff's done you know for his programs we've done i i remember when we had one school resource officer and that was cd chapel i remember that and that's for you know the entire county we have a lot of 
campuses. We went from CD to nine school resource officers. We have one at every campus, two at AIDB. Wow. Now, and that's something that the sheriff partnered with the uh, Board of Education to make happen. So that was, that was good. Makes you feel, you know, good when you send your kid to school. Well, that's cool, Josh. I know while we were getting set up, you and I talked about an incident when you were fresh out of the academy, basically. Uh, yeah. you, you had something kind of crazy happen. It, it, uh, it did, you know, uh, or and I guess having to go home and, and tell my parents about this day was pretty tough because my, my mother was not thrilled when I went into this line of work. Imagine that. But uh, I, I remember being a South End uh, deputy. You know, I was still on patrol. It was uh, in 2000, 2003. I had just turned 23 years old. We, were, uh, we got a call. Shots fired, one of the locations on the south end of the county. And uh, uh, shots fired called out in the county could be somebody's rabbit hunting in the neighbor sure. calls, you know. So it's not always just calls for, for alarm. But, you know, I, I start heading that way. And I think I was the only one on the south end right then. I think the other deputy, which is now one of our captains, he, uh, he took his car to the shop, which was in Talladega. So I, I head to the call, and while I'm headed that way, I've got my blue lights on, not running sirens. You know, I'm not running cars off the road trying to get yeah, there. You're but just I, getting there. So I, I see a, a, a truck coming towards me It's in my lane. So I, I, I move over, and I'm thinking, you know, better be glad I'm going to this call. I look in my mirror as the, uh, the truck goes by, and there's an arm hanging <laughs> over the tailgate. Wow. Uh, so I think, well, immediately, well, that's, uh, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> so I turn around and when I go to pull, I pull the truck over, she slides to, to a stop on the side of the road. I'm telling dispatch, of course, then it was still at the, the dispatch was still at the county jail. Oh, wow. And, uh, so I'm, I'm telling the dispatcher, uh, where I'm at, cause that's what I was trained to do. And while I'm doing that, this lady gets out of the truck with a, a sawed off shotgun. And I thought, oh my God, well, that's for me. Mm. And, uh. Before I could get out of the car and uh, and draw my weapon, she shoots the guy in the back of the truck one more time. She had done shot him before and loaded him up. I, I, I don't know to this day where she was carrying him, but she shoots him again, and I draw my weapon. She uh, lays down in the road, puts her hands over her head, you know, and uh, I take her into custody. I'll never forget, she's still got a cigarette in her mouth burning when I handcuffed her. Good grief. Yeah, but uh, her and her, uh, I guess there was her boyfriend at the time, they had got into a, they'd argued a lot. Yeah. And uh, apparently that was a bad day. And yeah. So she. It was a bad day for him. Yeah, she, she shot and killed him. Good I'll grief. That. Well, we were talking earlier about stories. Of course, you know, Lewis uh, Zook used to call them the, uh, the law enforcement's valued treasures. Yeah. You know, because people like Jimmy Kilgore, Wayne Merchantson, Kenneth Brasher, Jerry Stuttered. I remember hearing a story about the sheriff, Jerry Stuttered, that I always thought was awesome. And it was if he was at a payphone or something. Yes. And some guys came up and, I guess, you know, didn't know he was a sheriff. Tell me about it. What what, what happened? Well, he had, had stopped to use a payphone. There was a couple of guys pulled up while he was on the phone because dispatch had asked him to call. And he was holding on the phone, and they were telling him, hurry up, we got to use the phone, got to use the phone. And he said, wait just a minute till I get through. They didn't want to wait. So they started to drag him out of the phone booth, and the fisticuffs started flying, and one of them pulled the gun, and Jerry actually put his thumb between the trigger of the revolver and uh, took it away from him and proceeded to even the score a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and, and so uh, 
I mean, it kind of he kind of became a legend from that. Yeah, it, it was quite interesting because one of them said, "Man, you know who that is? That's Jerry Stutter." And he said, "Yeah." And he said, "Oh my God." <laughs> He said, you damn right, that's who it is. And, and he said, my boy's on the way. So they got down there and got a free ride to the county jail. And Interesting. Had a <laughs> One of my favorite funny stories about you, I've, I've told you this a hundred times. I don't know if you remember it. But years ago, when I first got out of the military, I don't even know if you remember this, but I worked at the, in the county jail. Mm-hmm. And it was right here. The county jail was attached to this building. And it was a dump. And when the racetrack came, the jail staff had to go out there and man the little jail at the, at the racetrack. And this was a Saturday night before the race. Things were uh, heating up in the, in the camping areas. And Jimmy Kilgore, who I really didn't know, he comes walking in. I want to say you were in investigations then. But he, came, he comes walking in. You know, there's two, or three, <laughs> there's two or three inmates. But all these sheriff's deputies, they're covered in mud and water and just sweat. And they're... And he says, race fans five, sheriff's department zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, uh, just died. Tell me, about, uh, tell me about the racetrack back when the sheriff's department basically had to shut down and send everybody there for three or four days. You know, when I started with the sheriff's office back in 1988, um, I'm telling my age now, when it came race time, we just basically shut down normal operations and moved everything out there. I know I was a brand-new deputy, and a lot of things were different. They didn't have a lot of the, the modern things that they have now out there as far as facilities. We all got our uniforms pressed and hung them in the back of the car, and we went out there on Wednesday afternoon. I'll never forget this. You took your uniforms you took a cooler with some sandwich meat, and you had a loaf of bread and some chips and stuff that you could eat for the weekend because you couldn't leave. They had an old shower house in the infield out there at the track, but they didn't have any hot water. You got so crusty and dirty and, and about to just die from exhaustion, you could go take a cold shower and it'd wake you up and put on a clean uniform. Go back to war, it seemed like, you know. I know a lot of times after the, the race crowd had gone. We would be able to go home. I know a lot of times that I woke up on Monday morning wondering, how did I get here? You, you know, I was so tired, I didn't even remember getting there. It's changed a lot today from back then. And, you know, they had a had a place we, we nicknamed Little Oklahoma. And, Chris, you probably remember I that. Did. We would do walkthroughs out there. And partly to, to just find the troublemakers and, and try to calm things down and and partly so you wouldn't fall asleep. You'd get out and walk around and it was quite a difference from what it is today. We had a couple of reserves that uh, were a husband and wife team and they were up in age way past the point they needed to be out there dealing with that and <laughs> their appearance was comical sometimes i'll leave it at that (laughs) and uh the uh birmingham news came out there one time to cover the law enforcement at the super speedway and that's who they took a picture of and and put in the paper that the sheriff's captain and and his sidekick were on duty and 
making the crowd safe at the Talladega Speedway. Sure, we got a lot of ribbing about that <laughs> photograph representing the sheriff's office in Talladega. What, uh, Josh, obviously been in a leadership role, smart guy, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty organized. Tell me, how do you mitigate? How do you manage? I mean, it's like a, it's like a huge campground. Obviously, there's a minor amount of alcohol. How do you, I mean, how do you even eat that elephant, man? Well, it's, it's changed a lot since then because we got, uh, you know, we got considerably more more help. You know, I, I think it's a little calmer now uh, than it was years ago. The North Park, that's still kind of rough, uh, but the others don't have too much trouble, but it's so so much more, I guess, kind of structured now. We have certain agencies and certain officers that go to each parks, and, you know, so we have law enforcement, you know, covering each each area, you know, and patrolling out there. So it's, uh, I don't know, you can, you can kind of get on it quicker now, you know. Gotcha. It, just, it don't fester, you know, until it gets to be real bad because there's nobody there. Now, the way it's been set up, I inherited a good thing, you know. Uh, it was already kind of where it made uh, working out there a lot, a lot easier. I guess one of the most challenging things to us is they have so many things going on out there now where you know where they're interacting with fans and they're they have different fan experiences and they have to have we need 15 law enforcement officers in the garage okay well i don't have 15 to give and we have to pull them out of a hatch you know all right we're gonna have to pull from here 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 and here and kind of run to campgrounds with a skeleton crew until this particular fan experience is over and they don't need uh don't need them anymore so that's that's been kind of the the toughest thing we're used to, I guess, when I first started, we may there may be two hundred people arrested over the weekend. Now I've seen it where there was one. Yeah, you know that's been recent since the pandemic. Sure, funniest racetrack story. Go. Well, uh, I guess one that uh, I'll never forget, and it was uh, it was the race was over, and there was some fans. I, I, I say it wasn't real funny. It sure wasn't funny at the time, but there was a guy. I swear. Sheriff's a big man, but this guy towered him, mm-hmm. you know, and they're walking in front of the security building. I'm thinking, well, you know, it's over. I'm fixing to go home. And this guy, Reg back, he hits, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend. I can't remember, but he hits her. And so, hey, of course, here we go. Yeah. And, buddy, the fight is on. Time to clock in. And uh, I had jumped up and I had, was trying to get him to the ground. Of course, my feet are off the ground and then i think i guess it was decab county had the horses out there and they're surrounding him with these horses of course and i'm thinking i'm just going to get stepped on we had pepper sprayed him that didn't help and just uh, made him mad yeah so here's uh, stevie greer he's there and stevie pulls his baton gonna you know strike the guy in the leg try to get him to come to the ground common peroneal yep and uh it still didn't do any good i mean this guy man he was tough and we finally get him to the ground and i'll never forget he's my neighbor now jason green he worked here he come up here they had the racetrack court you know which is you know the next month and he tells jason said hey sorry about that little fella i didn't mean to give y'all such a hard time you know, uh, man, he was, uh, and he was tough. That was a, that was a heck of a fight. I've seen, I've seen men get brought in there, uh, from that infield that were wearing, remember the Tweety Bird bikini guy, you know? I still have that picture. <laughs> yes, booking photo. Yeah. Well, there's been some interesting characters. Yeah, there's uh, been some stories there. come out of that detail over the years. Yeah. You know, some of which we can't 
you know, share with with you listeners. Yeah. Uh, Tweety Bird had a long blonde wig on. He was out there on Talladega Boulevard directing traffic and doing quite a good job. Uh, uh, he had the traffic flowing and, and really doing a better job than the officers that were out there assigned to do that. But he had on a one-piece Tweety Bird bathing suit, a female bathing suit. When he got arrested and they brought him over to the security building and they were booking him in, uh, he was kind of cocky, you know, had an attitude. So they opened the door to the holding cell where the other drunks were back there. And he realized he was going in there, and they were all whistling and hollering. And, <laughs> and you know, and his attitude completely changed. Imagine he said, that. man, please don't put me back there with them. <laughs> People that get picked up at the racetrack, do they bond out there? Or do they come to the main county jail? Or uh, they can bond out there, okay. and th- and that's the reason behind us having the you know uh, the jail there and the uh, clerk's office sits up there as well. That way, the you know you got officers from DeKalb County. Well, they can get the warrant and, and everything. Everything can happen right there. It keeps them from having to – we try to get them to come back and sign the warrant the next week, you know, from, from wherever they're, they're from. So it's uh, everything's handled right there. We're going to have the jail and the court, one-stop really, shop. It really works well. We had an infamous character from Munford who got arrested every race. And he, he sometimes got arrested multiple times because he would come in and they would process him and bond him out and – He'd go back to the campground, get in a fight with somebody else, and he'd be back over there. I remember one time he came in, and this was one of the the first times he made his debut appearance. He was standing in line, handcuffed, waiting to be processed, and he looked at Sheriff Stuttered, and he said, Hey, Sheriff Stuttered, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing fine. My man, how are you? My man. And he didn't have a clue who he was, and... Peggy Hall was the chief clerk, and she was sitting out there. He said, Miss Peggy, how are you doing? And doing fine. And they were talking. They didn't know who he was, and some of the deputies did know who he was, and and they explained that. And finally she went over and asked him, how do you know me? He said, well, y'all get me every time. <laughs> he said, I know all of y'all over here. He said, I'm used to coming over here. And I'll be back. <laughs> and, and sure enough, he was. He's a frequent flyer, huh? It's good to be consistent. And I well, remember, you know, it matters. At Virtual Academy, we're helping our clients build better prepared public safety professionals by offering high-level training provided by engaging national experts. With hundreds of hours of training available instantly, Virtual Academy offers the functionality your officers need so they can train as their schedules permit. Find out how Virtual Academy can meet the needs of your agency today. Visit virtualacademy.com for a complete list of courses, training resources, and more. Virtual Academy, because you deserve more. I remember one time, I I guess to piggyback on Josh's question, the the funny experiences, and there have been so many to even single out one, but one night I had gotten off, and it was probably – three four o'clock in the morning i was gonna run home take a quick nap in the shower i started up jackson trace road and i saw a a cow in the middle of the road so i slowed down and then my lights hit it and i looked and there's a guy riding the cow on top of the cow (laughs) and it really got my attention because at first i thought he was naked and he had on like a speedo right he had on a a werewolf mask (laughs) and uh (laughs) 
It's just getting so, better. <laughs> I thought, my God, what's going on here? I said, and I stopped and got out, and I said, man, you're going to have to get out of the road before somebody hits you. Don't talk to me. Tell the cow. He won't. He won't move. <laughs> And, uh, boy, there's a, there's a lot of stories in that place. It's <laughs> it, If you've even dreamed of something, you can see it in real life out uh, there. Now, that's the truth. It I'll is. tell you, the what, uh, the only really st- story I can do, it's, it was terrifying at the time, to be quite honest with you. But there was a deputy, and I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't remember his name, but he was a, he was a big guy. I think he was a transport guy, but he, he, had, a, he had a stutter. And he was in the passenger seat. We were in a brown van, and we were following the, the infantry. <laughs> the police were walking in front of us, and they would arrest somebody and put him in that van. Well, the race fans got the rock in that van. The deputy said, go, 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 go. And I just had to drive through this, you know, herd of people. It was like a... It was like a war, you know. Oh, it was. Yeah. I, I, another funny thing. I, I tell people all the time, and I hope I know y'all. Uh, y'all are based out of Tennessee. Is that correct? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> but I tell people all the time. I said, you know, uh, most of the people that we have trouble with, a lot of them are from Tennessee. That checks out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Welcome to Bristol. Yes, uh, a lot of Tennessee racetrack survival one hundred and one. You make friends with the LSU fans, okay? Because they're going to feed you good while you're out there. <laughs> They're great, but Tennessee, I'll never forget some guy was in there, brought into the jail, sheriff folks said, what part of Tennessee are you from? And I said, how did you know I was from Tennessee? <laughs> he said, Nashville, sir. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> oh, I just knew. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We were talking about influences earlier, and I was, you know, asked both of you who who some of those were for you guys let's talk about you know other than sheriff stuttered there's there's some a lot of guys that have come through this agency caldicke county sheriff's office that made a huge impact and are no longer with us or just no longer with the agency let's talk about some of those retirees i know i know one of them your uh, predecessor uh, chief deputy ken flowers Oh yeah, man! Yeah. I, I learned so much. I was very fortunate that uh, he he was the chief deputy for Sheriff Kilgore, and uh, I I made patrol captain, and my office was right next to his. And I know he probably got tired of me sitting in there, you know, in his office. But I was trying to soak up everything I could from him. He just had so much knowledge of uh, administration, you know, and law enforcement. You know, he's been around a long time, and not only was he so good at uh, been an administrator and uh, a chief deputy. He was a great man. He was. Yes. I, not a finer person. If you didn't like him, something's wrong with you. Now, is my memory serving me correct? Was he the police chief in Shillersburg at one time? Yes. Yes, and he was also the police chief in Greenville, Alabama. That's where he's originally from. Really? He was also the chief deputy in Butler County. Really? So he uh, he passed away 16, 17? Uh, no, it was uh, 2018. Okay. Late 17. I remember I was still working. I was at the AG's office. He hadn't been retired long. What other names pop in your head there, Sheriff? As you, I know you're thinking back. There's probably some other. There was a guy here that used to wear an Eisenhower jacket all the time. He had his hair was fixed just right all the time. His nickname was Bird. That's all I remember. Charles Bonner. Charles Bonner. He, he was a great guy. He, he was the, uh, at the time when I came to work here, he was a lieutenant over the patrol division. Sheriff Stutter didn't have a chief deputy at 
that time. Bird, as we called him, kind of handled all that kind of stuff. When they hired me, the sheriff told him to take me over to Birmingham, get me some uniforms. He, he talked real fast, and it was hard to understand him. Kind of like a high school football coach I had. You had to be a senior before you could understand what he was saying. And uh, Bird was the same way. And and he took me over there to uh, the uniform place where we did business. He told him, he said, this is the new deputy we got. We need to get him outfitted and uh, get him some uniforms. He said, well, you, if you want to go up and look, we've got a sale table up front that uh, if you want to see anything else up there that that matches your uniform and you might can get it a better price. And so we went up there, and he picked up a pair of pants that they were almost identical to the kind we wear. The stripe down the leg was a little bit different. But he said, that doesn't matter. He said, these look like they'd fit you. He said, how about go try these on? We we can get you these. Now, this was, I started on the first day of July. and, And I looked at those pants, and I said, well, Lieutenant, I was very timid about his, his rank and all. And I said, Lieutenant, these pants are 100% wool. And he said, well, what does that mean, baby? And I said, well, it's, it's summertime, sir. They, these are going to be hot. Jefferson County had ordered them for some of their people, and they didn't pick them up or whatever. And I said, don't I get any of those polyester pants like everybody else? He said, baby, these are $5 a pair. He said, uh, roll your window down. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he's a problem solver. But did yeah. he tell you you was gonna be on nights anyway? Yeah, be cool. yeah, you gonna be on nights anyway? It'll be cool. Just roll your window down. Glass half full. And I said, "Well, want they itch?" He said, "Well, scratch if they do." <laughs> he, he said, "You you don't get these five dollars a pair much." He said, "We need to we need to get these. You you gonna want to get a check, aren't you?" I said, "Yes, sir." And believe it or not. I started in those wool pants, and it was terrible. Uh, I kind of thought then, if, if I'm ever in that position, I won't do that to a guy. And uh, when I see Bird today, I still bring up if he's got any wool pants at home or not. Does he still come by the office? Is he- yeah, every now and then he does. He does. Huh. We had him, you know, with uh, everything that came along with the pandemic. You know, we had somebody that we got to hire some part-time people in front of the judicial building and they would kind of screen people for temperature checks and things like that and and we were looking for some retired law enforcement folks to do that and and i thought of him and so uh i called him up and he said well i don't know if i really want to do anything much but I said, look, it's an easy assignment, easy money. You know, I just thought if you want to, he said, yeah, I might come down there and try it out. So uh, I think he worked a day or two. Just wasn't for him, huh? It wasn't for him, but I I would give anything if I had a pair of wool pants to put him in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I can remember a a lot of things of of people I met that, that really have helped along the way. And uh, it's a very humbling, very great feeling to, to people when somebody comes up and tells you, I've never met you, but I've heard good things. And that's a good part of the job, you know. Being sheriff would probably be a great job if you didn't have the county jail. Why, a, why is that? You know, you, you, you've always got somebody's baby in there that's 
uh, not being treated right or not getting their medication, and they're not going to tell mama that they spit it out and won't take it, you know, and and they're getting beat every night because they want mama to come get them out, you know, and it's, it's just a, it's a constant headache. I had one woman call me one night at home about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I, you know, I woke up, hello, answered the phone, you know, she said, I hope it's okay if I call you. I don't know how she got my, called me on my cell phone, you know, and and uh, she said, I didn't want to bother you at the office. And I said, what time is it, you know? And, and I looked and saw, and I said, oh, that's fine. I was out washing my car anyway. So, And uh, I said, how old is your baby down there? 42, oh, you goodness. know, and, and it's just... It's a constant thing with that jail. I think Josh would agree that, you know, especially when we went to the Metro Jail concept and and Lewis was chief at that time in Sylacauga, and uh, he thought it was the greatest thing. You know, he was all for getting rid of the jail, and, and the cities could do that, and the county is stuck with it, you know. And I wish I could contract with somebody to hold our inmates, but it's a... Uh, it's an adventure sometimes, the things that, that come up that you would never think about. Well, I heard you referring to it the other day on your when you and Josh were on the local TV station about, and I when you said it, it kind of resonated with me, but I never thought of this. But it's kind of like a miniature city out there, isn't it, Josh? It is. We have, uh, we have medical, medical staff. We have laundromat. We have a restaurant. We have a convenience store. You know, I mean, it's... It is. It's a, a city. Yeah. I, I remember when I first started at the county jail, my, my assignment was to sit out at the new jail. That's what they called it. The new jail all day long by myself while the contractors were out there working on punch lists. And I did that for months out there by, by, by myself. It was awful. But then when they finally moved everybody in there that night, we did it at nighttime. Yeah. And we, yeah, we were, we were out of bed almost immediately. And now it's a massive facility. Josh, you, you, you got me a tour through there not too long ago and it was, it's a big jail. Yeah. It's impressive. very impressive. And, you know, taking care of it, the upkeep, making sure you stay on top of maintenance and our jail administrator, you know, uh, Captain Shea Brown and uh, Lieutenant Butler and uh, the staff down there do an amazing job and they really make sure they stay. It's clean. It is very clean. I mean, you go in there and you, you smell that they have been constantly cleaning and uh you know it's just a good you know keep it keep it going you know don't let it get run down so that's the reason we have a a really good facility i would assume that covid sheriff really brought some challenges concerning the jail absolutely it did and we're still dealing with some of them today but you know one of the things that comes to mind is when when this really started to to have its greatest impact we had to implement some changes down there that wasn't real popular, you know, with, sure. with some of the officers on the street and things. And, and you know, I wouldn't have thought about these things either when, when you know, that's not your job. That's not what you think about in, in your daily course of business. But we had to restrict the people we took, you know, and we had to ask the cities, you know, if you can bond these people out, if it's uh, – slap and spit offense or something you know that you can let them sign their bond rather than bring them to jail and if they've got covid because 
is Josh said earlier, they're, they're all within that wall confined down there, those walls. You know, can you imagine if we had eight or ten people that got COVID? Because a lot of the people down there are in poor health to start with. Sure. Drug abuse over the years and things. And if they got COVID and hadn't got to the hospital and be put on a ventilator, can you imagine the financial impact that would have had? It would have bankrupted the county. And so we had to take a lot of measures that really wasn't popular to do to try to do our best to keep it out. And, you know, the staff down there did a great job. I mean, we had people assigned to doing nothing but walking around with Clorox wipes, wiping doorknobs and, and, you know, cleaning things and screening those people. And and it's just a, a lot of challenges that came with that checking temperatures and and all kind of stuff that were measures that we put in place to try to keep the COVID people out and, and, you know, uh, to isolate the ones that had it. And it's it's been a challenge. Certainly has, but it worked. We were, I'd say, successful through it, you know, as challenging as it was. But And and another thing, and I know we talked about this yesterday when we were on Jimmy Dale's show, the staff, you know, everybody – Everybody was shorthanded. Everybody's still kind of shorthanded. It's getting better. Our numbers are going up as far as corrections uh, at the jail. You know, we had our numbers were, were considerably down about that time. But uh, men and women there been with us for a long time. They really stepped up the plate, man. They worked a lot of can to can't and yeah. uh, and did a fantastic job. I can't say enough, you know, great things. But you know the. Uh, and the sheriff worked with uh, the county commission, and, you know, we were able to get some, you know, everybody some hazard duty pay because, I mean, it was challenging for the deputies, for the sure. for the corrections. I mean, you know, they, you're having to do your job, you're having to mask on, and, you know, these people down at the jail, you know, they're locked in there with these folks, and then, then they go home to their families, you know. So yeah. we had to really make sure not only just to keep the – not just keep the inmates from getting it, but we got our staff that's locked in there too. The DA, you know, compared it to being on a cruise ship during a pandemic. That's that's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if really if you start thinking about it, of course, you know, I worked in the jail, but I didn't really, I didn't know anything about the management. But gosh, man, that's a, that's a lot, especially for a county sheriff's agency. You know, at the, at the federal level, state level, they have tons of money and, or at least more than you guys do as far as, you know, day-to-day operations, but that's... So, Sheriff, I know one of the things that you... Uh, it's probably not a high point, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, constantly in a job interview, just just about. Uh, but, what, you know, what what's the message to your voters out there in Tadega County and your supporters? One thing, I, I want to preface it by saying, you know, being an elected sheriff has been one of the greatest honors of my life, it, you know, besides being a parent and, and things... Because, you know, to do this job, you've got to have a servant's heart. And, and it's very humbling that, that you have the support of the public. It's, it's hard to put into words, really. You know, I, I think the, the biggest reason that, that I think people should vote for me and I'm asking people to vote for me is experience. I, experience matters in this job. Elections, particularly at the local level, are oftentimes popularity contest. It is what it is, you know. But uh, the sheriff's job, you know, now there's a act that puts qualifications on it that requires you to have prior law enforcement experience. 
that used to not be the case. And Joe from the tire shop that knew everybody could be the sheriff. But but it's experience in this job, particularly facing the things we face today. You know, the media, some part of the media has villainized law enforcement to a degree. And experience matters when you try to apply law enforcement today. And I've got that experience. I've got over 40 years, and here I go telling my age again. What we've dealt with over the past, and especially as Josh alluded to the pandemic at the jail and and things like that, you know, I learn every day. But I've, I've experienced a lot of things. I don't think I'm smarter than anybody else, but I've screwed up a lot before and learned from it. I, I've learned from experience of others over the years, and, and I think that experience helps me to be the sheriff, to be the leader of the people. You know, rather than saying, go do this, I can explain why. I can tell them something that's happened in the past and make them think. You know, I want everybody here to assume ownership in this agency because it's like a big chain. If one link breaks, you know, we don't go anywhere. I'm very prideful in the fact that we've been blessed to attract and retain quality people. And so we've assembled a team here that has a servant's heart and, 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 and really cares about the people of the county. We, uh, we want to continue that for more years. And I think it's a, a benefit to me as the sheriff, but it's a, a greater benefit to the people of the county because this is not my sheriff's office. It's the people's sheriff's office, and they've hired me to, to manage it for them by the, the people that I'm surrounded with makes it, through their experience, makes it easier and uh, makes us better equipped and prepared to meet challenges that come like the pandemic and, and things of that nature. And, and I think we've done a good job. I think the majority of the people w- would tell you that. So I hope that uh, the people see fit to hire me for four more years and, and I would ask for their vote and, and support as they've done in the past. Very well put, Sheriff. So, Josh, I know, you know, election time is, is a tough time in, in the sheriff's office. Because I've been through, uh, I guess in 21 years, I've been through an election, I guess, all but one, one term. You being the, uh, you know, the right-hand man of the sheriff and, you know, basically running the day-to-day and being kind of the face of the sheriff's office a lot of times. Uh, I know how passionate you are about him personally. Uh, but tell me, why in the world would I want to vote for Jimmy Kilgore? Well, Sheriff Kilgore, like I said, you know, I, like a, a second father to me. And uh, we spend a lot of time together. And he's, uh, he's, I guess, been mentoring me for, for years. What I've seen him do and what, what I've seen this department, where it's been, where it is now, as you know. I mean, I remember... You know, I've heard him tell stories about, you know, being able to see the stripes in the road through the floorboard of the car to now all our guys, they have the, the right equipment they need to do their job, do it safely. They've got reliable vehicles, got the pay up for our officers. It's just, uh, it's just come so far. And, and I was talking to Matt Abrams. He's one of our... Uh, Great guy. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's one of our night shift sergeants. And he said, Josh, he said, I told my wife the other night, 
it gets better every year. And that's because the sheriff works for his people, wants this to be the best place to work. We don't want to lose good officers because the, the equipment's bad or I can go here and make a dollar more an hour or whatever. We, he, we've got it where it's, uh, it's competitive with other agencies and it's, uh, it's, it's a good place to work. And it's like we talked earlier, and it's, it's a lot of it's a kind of a family environment. Well, I'm sure you guys will continue having the success you've had. And from on a personal note, Sheriff, I've always admired and respected you, and you're 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 perfect for this job. And you <laughs> and your choice in the chief deputy could not have been any better. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. So, thank you for being on uh, Between the Lines. We appreciate the Talladega County Sheriff's Department for hosting us today and allowing us to come in and interrupt their busy schedule. And Aaron, you did a good job over there today. Buddy. Thanks, man. Sure did. Yeah. Just sitting here listening to the stories is worth it. So, good yeah, time. you were in. I, I know you were enjoying some of those stories. Oh man, that's the reason we're doing this show is we want those stories. Those stories, especially like the previous era of sheriffing and stuff. That's that's always so good to hear, and that's what people really really enjoy listening to. Yeah, those stories. You know, they they get told for years. Yeah, you know, they're a little different twenty years from now, but <laughs> they get they continue to get told. Just like your uh, sheriffs, they get better every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The werewolf on the cow will always. That's, that's, uh, that's, the, that's that the ringer. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard to top that one. I, I'd just like to say thank you for this opportunity. You know, I, I miss Chris around here because I've got a lot of respect and admiration for him as well. Thanks. He, uh, when he was the police chief here in Sylacauga, you know, we had different agencies, but we worked together on a lot of things. The, uh, the Metro Jail, the consolidated dispatch things like that and it, and it was truly a pleasure to work with you chris and and uh i appreciate that and i i cherish our friendship and i miss the the days of working together but i do too. Uh, i appreciate your your role now and uh we participate that in that and, and reap some benefits i, I really really uh, hope we can continue that going forward i definitely want to thank virtual academy for uh, sponsoring our podcast and allowing Aaron and I the opportunity to get out and talk to the nation's finest. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Have a good day. <laughs>